For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Well, it's not Tim Weisberg. Tim is out in Michigan uh, at a spooky convention. And it's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, uh, your local nonprofit in-depth news site. And I have a special hour coming up. I'm honored to have two uh, longtime affiliates of the College of Visual and Performing Arts in downtown New Bedford, Don Wilkinson, who is the longtime uh, critic of the art critic of the Standard Times, where I worked for 21 years. Don is also an alumni and a printmaker. And uh, we also have Trisha K. Smith, who is an alumna and uh, uh, now a teacher at Tabor Academy. Uh, your, your specialty, Trish, was what? At... Okay. And um, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Trisha uh, featured prominently in my article in the New Bedford Light this morning, newbedfordlight.org. Uh, UMass outplays New Bedford on the Stars Tour. And uh, unlike my first article uh, where I sort of blamed everybody, well, I actually blamed everybody um, on this one too, but this one explores just what it has been like for the students at UMass Dartmouth this week. It was almost like being at a wake as they were forced to get all their materials, years of work, all their support stuff out of that building by today uh, uh, to go to a campus where the uh, facilities are much smaller, uh, many facilities will be missing, and many people don't even know what what building they will be in. It's just um, an outrageous situation over there. Trish, can you talk about what it was like there this week? Yeah, I, I had done a workshop there the previous week with uh, DATMA, Design, Art, and Technology in Massachusetts, um, and... I met one of the students that I was seeing pack up, uh, Fallon Navarro, who you featured in your article. And honestly, awake is a really good way to put it because it did, it felt funereal. It, um, it is sad to see people sort of fleeing for their lives, livelihood, but also sort of mourning a passing of what is an amazing um, space that was designed and created specifically for them uh, 20 plus years ago. Very, very unfortunate um, that the school did not seem to plan what is going on. Um, I was told by uh, someone that I encountered there that the moving people had told them they had four containers to put the items in and they needed about 40. Um, so it's kind of problematic in that it is a very large, spe special, okay. um, uh, let's see, I can't 
can't even think of the right word. Like it's a very specialized space. There are large pieces of equipment. There are serious needs um, that the program has that can't be met by um, any other space. It can't just go into a room or uh, a dorm or any sort of concert hall. It's it's not it's it's. It's not like you're taking your paint set and moving into a quiet space with nice light. It's yeah, Patricia's learning about the um, the uh, perils of live radio with a, a guy who's a fill-in host <laughs> who doesn't know everything. For some reason, our, our this board has worked perfectly all morning, and now I see that it's um, it when when you were talking, the levels weren't coming through, and I can see that they're coming through when I was talking. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll just go to Dawn for a second and, and ask Dawn what your impression of uh, the Star Store this, this, this week was when well, you were over there. My impression is exactly what I had anticipated uh, for several years now. But we, as a community, have lost the most vibrant cultural center on the South Coast. The ripple effects for the students, for the faculty, for downtown itself, for the city as a whole... Uh, will be felt for decades to come. Yeah. Uh, um, there has been some talk, um, State Representative Chris Markey, others that, well, the, the, the artists serve their purpose and now we'll just move on to housing or um, uh, offices. Uh, maybe the Noah Fisheries uh, uh, can go in there has been one suggestion. Um, is, are the artists just interchangeable with... Uh, other, other uses? It's, it's an old story. I mean, if we think back of Soho in, the, in New York City in the 1950s, the artists settled the neighborhood. Um, and then later came the galleries and the taverns and eventually the gap in upscale housing that pushed the artists out of the community. Yeah. That is, that's a common story with people actually ending up uh, starting a place for It seems to be Trish's. It, yeah. it seems to be Trish's mic that is not. Uh oh. I can talk louder. I, 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 I can project. Oh, can can, can, can yeah. she share with, with John? Uh, I know Don real well. Uh, <laughs> okay. Don and I can... You have, to, you have to be right in front of it for some reason. Oh, it's a directional. Yeah. My so, husband plays music, so I, I know all okay. about so, the, the way mics work. Yeah. So what you want to do is just, just when you switch it back and forth, uh, you just, just, just move it like... Uh, we yeah, pivot. Pivot, right. So I apologize for that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, uh, Gazelle is in here helping us uh, 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 as I as I try to figure this out. Um, I knew I could do one guest at a time, but two guests uh, evidently I, I don't have it on the right um, uh, the right mic. Uh, anyway, so Trish, um, uh, Dawn was just talking about it's it's not you just cannot interchange, you know, the artist for something else. If you if you think of inhabitants of a building in that way you're actually missing the whole point of what art is it's art is culture and the the community and the culture that's been created by the artists in new bedford are the reason i live here i came here for the graduate program i stayed because i saw the potential and the people that could make my staying here worthwhile and a place to build a life and if you remove the heart and, and you know, sort of roots 
of why um, the creative economy works, you're going to lose the creative economy. There are a ton of seed organizations. This is like, um, I can't, like there's a lot of really <laughs> new agey art, art teacher kind of analogies I can make. Um, but the, the actual fact is I can point to probably over 10 businesses or institutions in the city that are a direct result of either uh, alums from the CVPA program or um, people from Swain and, and people who are not from here that have stayed here and made this place what it is. Like, I love New Bedford and you should like it too. Yeah. So um, I think I found out this week that the quality of this program and the national reputation of it is not as widely known. Um, uh, there was something called the Boston University uh, program in artisanry yep. that merged with the Swain School shortly before um, Swain merged with UMass Dartmouth. Uh, can you tell me about the quality of that program? Yeah, I can address that. Um, I was, as you know, I was a graduate of the Swain School myself. I graduated there in 82 and then moved away for a long time, came back uh, a little less than a decade later and decided to pursue my master's degree. In that interim, while Swain, prior to the merger with Swain, which is a private institution over 100 years old, then became part of the system. Um, but prior to that merge, um, the Boston University's um, program in Ironsbury came down, bringing world-class artists. Um, Chris Gustin, an internationally known um, ceramicist, was among the, uh, the players there. Um, we had, as, as in um, Trish's um, trades, we had some terrific uh, metal instructors, Alan Thompson, Susan Hamlet, um, the late Alphonse Mattia, um, of an excellent woodworker who's, you know, is in collections all over the world, and a, and a terrific uh, fibers department with weaving and surface design and such. So that increased the number of potential majors at Swain, the private institution at the time, from four to eight. Um, the traditional um, majors at Swain uh, were printmaking, painting, sculpture, and graphic design. And then we doubled that, and within a few years, uh, the merger happened with the state. Yeah. So uh, there seems to be this attitude that, um, well, the artists are here now, so we don't really need to have a college anymore because the artists are here, and they'll stay here um, no matter what. Uh, Trish, is that, would you, would you think that that's true? That's 100% wrong. Um, part of the ecosystem that was created when um, PIA came down here and Swain and all of those things were sort of swirling around in the New Bedford area is that it created a space of potential for people who are creatively driven to find avenues of um, economic impact as well as a place to be and live and do their desired art form or even find and improve places that exist. And what I mean by that is like, if you think about downtown, when I first got here, it was a ghost town. 
Um, and if I look in my head down the sort of main drag down Union Street, I can see five businesses. And if you kind of like juke over to the art museum, all of those places are because of the school being there, not in a, oh, well, they're there to support the school, but they are members of the school. The art museum would not have started without people like Louis Dougherty and Karen Dougherty and Heather Boxstein and people who were students at UMass Dartmouth CVPA campus, which used to be down on Purchase Street. Um, you have artists like Sig Haynes, Mark St. Pierre, um, David Smith. You've, there, there are people who have formed this town around like the potential that it had, and it was only because of our willingness to stay here that these businesses were able to thrive and and come into existence. Datma, for example, I don't think that. I don't know who knows, but um, Lindsay Meesh, who is the executive director of DATMA, is an alumna from the medals program at UMass Dartmouth. Now, that's a reciprocal relationship. And the things that she's doing with that organization that has an amazing board and a lot of support is is part and parcel of what made the Star Store such a rich place, a cultural center, and a place that drew people into town. And, and this has not been limited to the downtown because as, as we've seen, the Hatch Street Studios have sprung up in the yep. north end. Yep. The Kilburn Mill has sprung up in the south end. Yep. All places that are full of artists, working artists. Um, it, it just has been magic for the city these last 20 years. What, what, what year did you get here, uh, 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 let's see. I I need. I always need my husband for this. I think 1995, and okay. it's August right now. So about uh, the 20. What is that? Six? 25 years yeah. ago? 28. Uh, when 28. I, Shh, I, don't say I, that. I got here in 1999, <laughs> and when I got here, there was virtually nothing. And I think um, uh, Jimmy Connor's t- uh, tavern <laughs> was the only place open on Union Street, and Elaine's T-shirts was the only place open on Purchase Street. It was literally empty from one end to the other. And and I, I just don't understand this attitude that it's not that big a deal. You know, we can put housing in there. We can put uh, offices in there. Uh, to, to me, my question is, what offices? Uh, they, they built the Compass Bank, and they had a hard time filling it for a long time. Yeah. Don? Um Right now, we see the uh, Zaitarian is closed temporarily while it's going through renovations. And uh, ultimately, that will be a great thing. 18 months from now or thereabouts when they reopen, um, that will be a terrific thing for the city, as Z has always been to the community. But right now, it feels like a a kick in the you-know-what. You You know, we're we're without two of our major cultural uh, cornerstones here. And... uh, I think we're going to see a very quick um, loss of business for lots of people downtown. Um, those students that are at the Star Store, or were at the Star Store, drink coffee every day at the Green Bean. They drink beer at the Poor Farm. They buy clothes. They order pizza. They go get soup down the street. They go to No Problemo. All of these people will be affected. All right. 
We are going to go to a commercial break now. This is AM Commercial Radio, and we will be back in a few minutes. And I want to talk about the argument that it's too expensive. All right, we're back. This is Jack Spillane, and I've been talking with Don Wilkinson, a longtime art critic for the Standard Times, and Trisha K. Smith, uh, an alumna uh, in medals uh, at uh, UMass, uh, the Dartmouth College of Visual and Performing Arts. I want to talk about this argument that we've heard in recent days that is too expensive. The university has kept complaining that, oh, the maintenance could be uh, 30 to 90... Originally, I heard $30 million. Now I'm hearing figures as high as $75 million. The maintenance is too expensive. We're not getting enough money from the state. We can't afford it. And then from the state, you're hearing that they won't sign this dollar um, uh, um, purchase of the building so that, that, that the state can feel comfortable giving them the money for the maintenance rather than giving them to this private developer. Uh uh, is two point two point seven million dollars a year is the is the figure? Everyone's arguing as as if this is too expensive. What what is the value of the arts, Don? Well, what what is the value of the arts? You know, one thing we talk about is how does this education, uh, an art education, um, impact someone's life? Um, some think it's it's a per dollar value, you know, that somehow sculpture, you're not going to become a sculpture, uh, a sculpture major and make a living as a sculptor. I would say that's very likely true. Um, however, you also don't make a living as a philosopher or a poet, but those are still worthy pursuits. Um, this hard sell towards um, programs in the CVPA in animation and gaming and graphic design and uh, fashion are all, once again, things that um, you could certainly make a living at um, for a little while till AI takes it all over. Um, but the reality is telling parents of art students that it's all gonna be okay, um, that this their daughter could be a fashion designer or uh, their son a, a game uh, animator, the reality is uh, making a successful living like that is saying that you could be a professional basketball player, yeah. the odds. And, and the fine artists uh, um, do well also. I'm told that, that many people who've gone to the CVPA are out in Hollywood working, uh, uh, in teaching, doing various things. It's, it's not like you, know, you can't make a living in the fine arts. It may take you a while to get started. but That's true. And I do think that most artists, myself included, went into the arts knowing that you know, I'll be a carpenter or a bartender or work for FedEx. You do what you need to do to support your art. Yeah, money, money, money isn't everything. Trish? So I'm an art educator. Um, beyond being a metalsmith and having just last year started my business again, I've, I've gone on and off with starting my own small business. Um, I believe in the life of the mind. And... An arts education isn't about the 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 like specific skill of painting, sculpting, metalsmithing. It's about the way it asks you to think. It's about the way it teaches you to view the world and see it as a place of possibility and material like potential. And that cannot be taught in some of these other disciplines. If you're using a very like minute lens to look at education saying that oh you're not get you're not going to make a living as an artist i know a lot of people who make a living as artists in their own right as well as 
professors in programs around the country or as entrepreneurs? I apologize, but this is our shortest segment and I do have to go to the 830 News, but we will be back in five minutes. All right. Thank you, Jack. Here are some of the national stories we're following. A federal judge soon will determine about what to do about the Texas floating border wall. Critics of the system of buoys floating in the Rio Grande have called it a political stunt. A federal judge on Tuesday rejected the state's argument that the buoy border was needed to block a, quote, invasion and said partisan politics will not influence his final decision. U.S. officials are condemning North Korea's attempt to launch a spy satellite. A spokesman for the National Security Council called the move a, quote, brazen violation of multiple U.N. security resolutions and said it raises tensions in the region. President Biden promised unwavering and enduring support for Ukraine on that country's Independence Day. Mark Mayfield has the story. In a statement yesterday, Biden said Ukrainians were marking their Independence Day while suffering from an all-out assault from Russia. He said brave men and women defending Ukraine from Russia's invasion are showing the world freedom is worth fighting for. His comments came after entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis both said they would cut funding to Ukraine if elected president. Biden, meanwhile, has asked Congress for an additional $25 billion in aid for that war-torn country. I'm Mark Mayfield. A federal court judge has dismissed a challenge to a West Virginia law restricting an abortion pill. Drug maker GenBioPro filed suit in January against West Virginia's restrictions on the abortion drug Mifepristone. The company makes a generic version of the popular medication and argues that West Virginia's ban on other restrictions have called, caused it significant ongoing ingest- economic injury. U.S. District Judge Robert Chalmers dismissed GenBioPro's claims that federal law preempts the West Virginia law. And move over Mario, Barbie is now 2023's box office champion. Trey Thomas has more. Greta Gerwig's Barbie has brought in $575.4 million at the domestic box office to make it the highest grossing film of the year in North America. The Super Mario Brothers movie previously held the title with $574 million after being released in April. I'm Trey Thomas. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Houston Astros in their fourth and final game of their series. The score was 17 to 1. The Sox come home today to begin a series against the L.A. Dodgers. First pitch at 7.10 p.m. And for you football fans, it's game day as the Patriots take on the Tennessee Titans tonight. Kickoff is at 8.15. Now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We have a bit of a rainy day in store for us. It'll become more intermittent later on in the later part of the day. But breezy and humid with periods of rain. Some heavy at times. A few thunderstorms with it. High near 71 degrees. It tapers off later tonight. Cloudy, breezy with a few lingering showers and thunderstorms. Overnight low 68 degrees. And for tomorrow, mostly cloudy, humid with some more lingering showers and thunderstorms. High of 79. From the ABC6 Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. It's 65 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. All right, we're back. This is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg, uh, and we've been talking with Don Wilkinson and Tricia Smith from the College of Visual uh, and Performing Arts at UMass Dartmouth um, about the situation there as these students are forced out and uh, the state refused, and the legislature refused to fund the arts program that has built 
the downtown New Bedford we know today. Uh, one of the things um, that uh, in talking to the students over at the CVPA in the ceramics program, and I think it's other programs too, the kilns are not going with them. And so these very um, huge ovens is what a kiln is, which are made of bricks and have external exhaust stacks through the star store roof. Uh, cannot be brought to UMass Dartmouth where the facilities are much smaller and they're bringing just three portable small kilns with them. These students' um, academic careers have been greatly interrupted. Are we headed towards um, lawsuits or something, Don? If I were a student now, I would be lawyering up. Um, I would be demanding my tuition back, any fees paid. Maybe I will have to be relocated to another city to another school and I would in effect want damages yeah. um, this um, this these students were sold um, this building and to yank it out from them is a, a complete dereliction of duty yeah. on the part of both the chancellor and the dean yeah. and I'm told that as recently as February they told the students that don't listen to these rumors that we may be leaving there's no possibility we're leaving we are committed to downtown um, New Bedford. I have had officials from UMass Dartmouth themselves tell me me that, and yet they yanked it out on the pretext, and I call it a pretext, that they, they could not get any insurance because they did not have a lease. That is the kind of technical detail that can be worked out by the legislature and the developer in a week, if if less. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. You want to take that? Yeah. Um, so... If you let's 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 just jump to this idea that I was having this morning before I came here. If you've ever watched The Wire, there's a part in The Wire where one of the um, police officers says, "Follow the money." Okay, if you follow the money in this situation, who stands to gain from decommissioning this space? Who stands to lose? Who is expendable? And who is going to uh, have sort of like an easier time with this? And it is unconscionable to do this to someone who is two weeks from starting their fall term, who is a teacher, who is... Like, a, like, imagine a freshman who's, like, so excited to go study um, in a gorgeous building that's built specifically for these different disciplines and learn to be a ceramicist that maybe has dreams of, like, you know, maybe it's just an Etsy shop, but it could be running a program at a, another university. No matter what it is, you've basically disenfranchised people who were counting on an academic institution to fulfill their goals educationally. You don't get to have an opinion about whether that education for them is worth the money. The funding for the arts, the $2.7 million budget, yeah, it costs money to do these things. It also costs money to have a sports team. It also costs money to, to keep sea mass maintained. It also costs money to cut the grass at UMass Dartmouth's campus. This is not like a surprise. And when you say it's too expensive, then maybe you start charging a little fee or maybe you look elsewhere or maybe you apply for grant funding or maybe you petition your senators and congressmen. But 
the the excuse that it's too expensive is BS. I call BS on that because in 2001, they outfitted this building to be a preeminent fine arts and crafts structure. There is excellent ventilation. There are state-of-the-art kilns for 20 years ago. And there's like specialized kinds of firing in in the ceramics program that you can't do in an electric kiln. These students mix their own clays and they mix their own glazes. There's chemistry involved. Like this is not like a cute little hobby. This is the profession. This is fine arts and craft around the globe. And it's well known that the state of Massachusetts underfunds its higher education compared with other states because of the presence of Ivy League schools in Massachusetts. But the state has never funded just an adequate amount. And if it did, you wouldn't have these problems. I want to pick up on something we were talking on off air. Um, The university has put up this proposition that um, you could just substitute the Dartmouth campus for the downtown <laughs> campus as if as if they were interchangeable. Um, I didn't know until I talked to people this week that some of these um, artisan programs have always been in New Bedford, whether they're at Swain or on Purchase That's Street. That's correct. Or, or, or they've never been in Dartmouth. They, they, Dartmouth is not equipped for these facilities. Don, could you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I can also say on a related note that some of these majors that existed um, in the CVPA and previously at, um, at Purchase Street and at Swain, um, ceramics and, the, and metal smithing, as faculty retired, uh, people were not replaced. If there's not a functioning uh, metal program right now it's because Alan Thompson retired and they didn't hire anyone else. When the printmaking instructors retired, they were not replaced. So when, when, when State Representative Markey says there were only 116 students there, it's because they have not replaced the faculty, yeah. they have not recruited the students, it's not because of a lack of interest. Absolutely, that's it. This recruiting is key. And if you start closing down programs that students are interested in, then you're going to lose students. Um, the North Dartmouth campus, beyond not being able to take on these, um, the physical processes that we're talking about in ceramics, et cetera, um, also has a gallery. Um, one of the things that is most important about that Starstow building is the most beautiful gallery in the city, yes. where national and international artists have exhibited frequently. There is a gallery up at what we used to call the Group 6 building. Um, it's a horrible <laughs> little gallery. Um, that gallery is open Monday through Friday, um, not on the weekends, so you can't go see what's up at, on the walls on a, the weekend. That gallery is closed all summer. It is not a friendly place. I almost guarantee you'll get a parking ticket when you go up there to see something. <laughs> um, but you you do not have the kind of interaction with the community when you walk by that building even if you weren't planning to see something in the stars you might say hey that looks cool let's go check it out that opportunity does not even exist on the north Dartmouth campus i i I was just crestfallen to see them taking down the ira cohen exhibit that was there this week was just a wonderful exhibit this um a man who ran this bookstore in new New bedford who was also a well-known uh, New York, um, I'm not even sure what the term is, uh, he posed for a figure, yeah, figure, figure model. model for sculpture yeah. and just a, a breathtaking pieces associated with him and that show all had to be taken down early because you know, they said, oh, we're closing here for two weeks, we don't have any insurance. Right. Right. 
Yeah. We, we've had international artists exhibited in that gallery um, and in the spaces down in the first floor of the Star Store building, both through the UMass um, uh, CVPA curators and through DATMA. Most recently, uh, I think it's Su uh, Yun Park uh, piece that was in there. I've been, I was so elated to see that work in this city because this is the kind of thing that you normally have to go to Boston to see. And what is lost on the people who are perpetrating this boondoggle is the idea that what we had here is the same thing that someplace like the Narrows or the Zaitarian give to these areas that are sort of like smaller cities on the coast and south coast area. They give us like the ability to see these national and international artists and performers that are not coming to everybody's small town because we have the spaces and now you're taking away the space and now we no longer have a gallery that you can host those kinds of shows yeah. in. Got to go to another commercial. I apologize, but we'll be back, be back for a final segment in a few minutes. <clears throat> okay, we're back for a final segment with um, Trish Smith and Don Wilkinson from the College of Visual and Performing Arts in New Bedford. Uh, uh, I um, had some callers in the line. I apologize. Um, we had this rare chance to get these artists. The artists have not been heard from that much during this whole controversy, and I wanted to take this hour to devote to them, to let them get their points of view up. I'm sure that uh, Chris McCarthy, when he comes in for the next hour, will be happy to... to, to, to um, Take them, and I'll take up any points of view in my column. If you want to contact me, uh, uh, otherwise. So, um, where do we go from here? There's been a lot of talk, even from people like Senator Montigny and Mayor Mitchell, who ostensibly um, support keeping the campus and are working to keep the campus. Calling the governor, calling the lieutenant governor, um, Mr. Downey, um, uh, even Marty Meehan, um, the UMass president. Where do we go from here? This happened at the most inopportune time as classes were started. Trish? Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a teacher, like I told you when I saw you, um, this, is, this, is like, this is like a slap in the face and, and a kick in the groin at the same time. Um, you're preparing for the year. You're thinking about who your new students are. You're thinking about students who are already in process of pursuing their degrees and who have, as Don was saying, have put down uh, first, last, and a um, d deposit on their apartments. Um, this is not a, a matter where you're just disenfranchising some part of the education. Um, you're, you're affecting people's lives in a profound way, both the instructors and the students, and it, it is dirty pool in the worst sense. Yeah, and, and what bothers me is people who seemingly support are already talking about what else could we do as opposed to no, let us stop this move let's bring it back. That's because it was a fait accompli as, as soon as it was told to the community this is not something that was a oops we forgot to pay our dollar and we didn't put the right plan in place to get the money from the government. Somebody somewhere did something, made a deal wink and a nod um, and they were like, you know, I think it's time to stop paying this bill. When I was a student in 1997, I had to sit in the chancellor's office in order for them to release funds that they had frozen 
um, to get clay and supplies and things like gas for the tanks for the torches that we use. So, like, this is not the first time I've seen UMass do something really dastardly, but it certainly is the worst that I can think of. If I was a student, I would be up in the administration's business every single day. I'd be calling people. I don't even know. I'd be beside myself. Don? We all know that this didn't happen overnight. We've, we people who are deeply involved in the art community have seen the writing on the wall for years. Um, to one day, um, students to find out that they are no longer gonna be welcome in the building and they need to start cleaning the things out. Um, they were sold a bill of goods. Um, many people came to this university specifically for that building, specifically for the studio space, particularly for, for the equipment. They led the students, the, the, the new students and the returning students um, to believe that they would be able to do their entire academic career in that building. That turned out to be a lie. If I were a student right now, frankly, I'd be lawyering up. I would want my tuition refunded, my fees refunded. And if I decided to move on to another university, I would want, I might need some help. And I would have my lawyer be looking at everything I could do. What, what a tragedy for New Bedford. Is there any possibility of protests or uh, an organized campaign? Everybody's getting ready for school, as Trish pointed out. There are almost 5,000 signatures on, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all fine. Um, it's symbolic, though. Um, it, it makes us all feel good to sign. Um, I, the other day, posted somewhat half-wishingly, let's occupy the building. <laughs> um, Stranger things have happened. But, you know, again, a few hours go by and you get hungry and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for, you need to go for home. For anybody who wants to know, there's 5,000 signatures in a little less than two weeks yes. that have been gathered just by way of comparison. It took a group trying to get term limits in the city council all summer to get 2,700. Most, most of the summer, I'll be getting calls from Catherine. Uh, most of the summer to get 2,700 signatures, 5,000 signatures in a little less than two weeks. And there are small people, and I, I, mean, I don't want this to sound denigrating anyway, there are people who work in that building, security staff, custodial workers, who will not have jobs now, too. I mean, everyone is affected by this. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a tragedy all around. We've got to go to our final break, and we'll be back in, in, in a few minutes to, to thank you for coming. All right, this is Jack Spillane filling in from Tim Weisberg. We've been talking for the last hour with uh, Don Wilkinson, the longtime art critic for the Standard Times, and Trish Smith, Trisha Smith, uh, uh, an alumna of uh, UMass uh, College of Visual and Performing Arts and uh, art teacher at, at Tabor Academy. Um, we have about two minutes before we uh, have to hit the news at the top of the hour. What are your final thoughts uh, uh, for this, Don? I have uh, nothing but distress about this whole situation, and I feel deeply for the students and the uh, would-be students who had planned on coming into the city um, to study their art. Um, I think this whole debacle is a black eye for the city and particularly for the university. And the, the reputation of what happened here will go out throughout the arts community throughout the country. Throughout the country and high school seniors who are considering maybe I would come next September are certainly looking elsewhere now. Trisha? I keep thinking of all of the people that I know around the country who are uh, alums of the CVPA metalsmithing and artisanry or a ceramics 
um, or printmaking programs. Um, I think of J. Fred Wool rolling in his grave. He is one of the people who started the medals program. I think of my colleagues uh, in in teaching, and I I cannot understand how an educational institution could perpetrate such chicanery on an a beautiful. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.